Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. Consider a man riding a bicycle. Whoever he is, we can say three things about him. We know he got on the bicycle and started to move. We know at some point he will stop and get off. Most important of all, we know that if at any point between the beginning and the end of the journey he stops moving and does not get off the bicycle, he will fall off it. This is a metaphor for the journey through life of any living thing and I think of any society of living things. And on this bright, wonderful Monday morning here in Melbourne, bathed in autumnal sun, how could you have the blues? And if you have, get on a bike. You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show here at 3CR on the tranny, podcasting, streaming. Is there another way? I think that's it. I think that's it. And joining us on the show today, Faith on the tandem and Rod Charles back again for a repeat performance. Good to see you back again, Rod. Thanks, Al. We'll be delving into the history of cycling in Geelong as a, a walk through history by looking at one thing, one form of transport. Many thanks to Amy Goodman, Democracy Now, still one of the best shows of all time. What a week in cycling. What a two weeks in cycling. Faith, some particular bike moment you can share with us? bike moment. A, a very low-key bike moment at the moment, but I think that they all seem to be... Uh, I had a lot of errands to do Thursday afternoon and spent a glorious afternoon just riding around in autumn sun thinking, is there a better way? And uh, I think this morning was the same, just uh, cool, crisp air in the mornings, beautiful sunny days and... Uh, Perfect, best time of year. Lovely moonlit nights. Mm. Rod, have you got a uh, bike moment to share with us? Yeah, I'm fixing up an old healing bike that came from the era of Russell Mockridge, um, hopefully to pass on to the family. And um, 
It's been a wonderful um, exercise. Um, the the, the colour schemes are sort of a metallic, a little glinting metallic things in them, and I've really had a lot of enjoyment uh, polishing it up. Now, that's a strange thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Val. You asked. No, 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 no. I'm hoping you're using good quality metal polish, giving it a buff up, and then a nice wax on top. To keep it the, I'm going through the same process. I'm not building my bike, but I'm building a bike for a friend, uh, and it's the same thing. We we're polishing up the derailers on Sunday. It was lovely, and going through, going through the reason why every bicycle needs a little bit of Italian Campagnolo on it. Every every racing cyclist that was ever any good would tell you that they started off Saturday mornings doing just that, pulling the whole thing down and perhaps not taking the spokes out but polishing everything else up. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I had a run, it is, of course, a bike moment, but uh, riding through a park the other day, uh, I stopped for a minute and I was lucky to witness there were two or three Corellas in one tree and then a couple of galahs came along and started hassling the corellas and getting them to move on. All of a sudden there was a bunch of lorikeets in the tree next door and they started screaming at them. Then two or three magpies swooped through the lot of them as the galahs were trying to chase the uh, corellas. And then final at the end of it... Um, to, oh God, I've forgotten their names now. You know the ones with the lovely yodeling song, Corowongs. <laughs> Two Corowongs came along and upset the whole battle. It was, <laughs> it was one of those things that you, you know, if you hadn't have been there, you would have never have seen it. Yeah. And they were just all, there was nothing serious about it, no, but there was all this play acting and yeah. ducking and diving. It was wonderful. Then I got on the bike and rode away. It was just perfect. <laughs> like going back to your school days. Yes, I did have one of those. Um, Colouring in books, it must have been grade two or grade three, where you drew in all the yeah. um, pictures of the Australian natives. Yeah. Butcher Bird was my favourite. But they're magic moments and they're happening all the time, and you just happen to see that one. Yeah. And if you look again, you'll see another one somewhere, but you don't know quite where you're going to see it, so you've got to keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It's <laughs> uh, interesting. News and events across the world. We should still celebrating uh, Manny Hyman's Roubaix victory. Mm, wonderful. Great television. A little bit of a uh, soft spot for poor old Spartacus. I've been able to get through it, but that's the way it goes. It was a great victory, and Uh if if anybody hasn't seen it, there's a great little film clip on cycling tips, I think. They were following him for some reason during the race, which was good, and there's a a little um, short uh, get-together, about five or six minutes, I think, of through the race. Oh, yeah, the Orica Green Edge Yes, uh, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, film, yep. Very funny, very good. Mm. Yeah. Um, so cycling's moved from the north of France and back up into, what do they call it, the heartland, the hard man, <laughs> the land of the hard men it used to be called, mm. and the Amstel Gold Race, which started 18, one of the well, earliest. It is one of the earliest, but I can't give you the date on nah, that. I remember I used to read it out. It's one of the earliest mm. of those five one-day classics mm. up there. Enrico uh, Gasparotto won, and Enrico's, I think, from Milan, so that's, the Italians are still mm. punching above their weight. Yeah. 
It's a great time in Europe, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, those uh, when the uh, riders went across after the war uh, from Strom and Arnold times, um, they just went from one race to another race to another race, and they were might might have been winning um, five uh, francs here and two francs there. But there was plenty of activity all the time, constant, mm. constant racing, and those big classics, wonderful, wonderful races, got great traditions, haven't yeah. they? Not just the Tour de France. No, no, no. And there's a whole much longer history of it. And a lot of them, are, you know, the one-day um, races or the three-day stage races or yeah. the four-day stage races. Right. And, um, and of course, interesting, you know, cycling's now hotting up in Europe and America. Yeah. I can't get any bike tubes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. There's a worldwide, <clears throat> you know, cycling's taking off worldwide. Mm. It's really quite fascinating and in our land of um, globalisation of bicycle parts. It'll be interesting, Val, to see, won't it, when, what, what, what will happen in China as they obviously have to come back somewhere to getting um, more um, bikes on roads like they used to have in not so very long ago. Okay. So it'll uh, be interesting to see what happens there. We should take them down. Have they pulled down every bike shed at the Ford factory yet in Geelong? No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's actually, that um, tells me something that I should really keep an eye on. Thanks, Val. <laughs> <laughs> so, no more news. We're done. Oh, just one uh, yes, oh, reminder one. Yep. about um, the Bike Spot project, which is in its final two weeks. Um, and the data, there's been a. Over 7,000 interactions with the project, people leaving a spot where they don't feel safe or leaving a comment on other people's spots. And all that data is going to be collated shortly and go to the councils who partnered for it and also to Vic Roads. So um, it's your last chance to get. If there's a spot that doesn't make you feel safe or you're not comfortable riding, get it on there. Um, Check out some other people's spots in your area and add your comments because uh, there's a wealth of data. It's been a really successful project, and um, there'll be a lot to come out of it. Mm -hmm. It's been a good project. We'll be back after this, and we're going to delve into that cycling history at Geelong. Estás sintonizando 3CR, 855 de tu dial AM. Sedoy Moro, Azradio 3CR, 855 AM. Kính thưa quý vị, đây là đài phát thanh TCR trên làn sóng AM 855 and help keep these voices on the airwaves. Call the station on 94198377. The number is again 94198377. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. And uh, as Val uh, mentioned, our guest today is Rod Charles. And we you might remember Rod from his last visit here. He was the author of A Whir of Many Wheels, A History of Cycling in Geelong. And we had him here just after the first volume appeared, which uh, finished around 1914. So the second volume is... Uh, 
now uh, been published, and that's from 1914 to 1945. So uh, bring us up to date, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> well, one, one of the really good parts about the first one, Faith, is that um, I put a, um, a, 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 I put it in for uh, um, the Victorian Community History Awards and won the Special Judges Prize in 2013 awesome. uh, for it. So for the Public Records Office of the <coughs> Royal Victorian Historical Society, I was pretty chuffed with that because um, it was a recognition of cycling, um, and uh, and obviously I was very happy to. Uh, to receive the the award, but uh, I noticed that in the back of the second volume, I've got a here photo courtesy of Faith Hunter of Yarra, Yarra Bug. <laughs> so, so, so Yarra Bug is is uh, immortalised. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Look, um, the the exercise is, uh, is is going along well. Um, this next volume runs between uh, 1914 and 1945. Takes in uh, both of the wars. Um, it comes at a time when um, there was a lot of uh, uh, bicycles. Really, were were glowing. It was a, a golden age in the eighteen nineties. But by this period, it, everything had settled down. Bicycles were pretty ho hum. Uh, but there were people like Hubert Opperman uh, setting records, and what? And 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 they were setting records internationally. <clears throat> uh, Hubert Opperman would have to be regarded as one of the all time great cycling people everywhere in the world a bit like Don Bradman um, re, 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 known everywhere so here he was uh, racing in the in 1928 and 1931 in the uh, in the Tour de France uh, supported by Bruce Small uh, Bruce Small's Malvern Star uh, company was not part of the Traders Association uh, but all the other little traders were parts of an association which sort of limited uh, what they could and couldn't do which was all very interesting um, The uh, another nice thing that was well, another interesting, well two other things really interesting things that were happening <clears throat> you had the, <clears throat> the amateur um, people who did things for the love of the sport, um, the nobility of doing the exercise. Uh, enjoy the work. Uh, don't do, you're not out to win. You're out to just enjoy it. But then you had the more flamboyant, um, more flamboyant professional people. Um, and from the 1920s, you could see where the world was going because the tennis players, uh, the good. Uh, amateurs uh, were becoming professionals, and um, and that was going to happen in the fullness of time. But the but the, the cycling world stood behind that. Um, they, they, were, they were slower in getting to do that. That 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 only happened in about the nineteen eighties. The other interesting thing I found was um, we had a women's bicycle race in nineteen hundred and three in Geelong. It was a ripper of a thing. Uh, it, so many people came out on the Marshalltown Road and. Saw the girls, um, the, the Rice girls, and it was a wonderful, wonderful day. Now, given that, you would think that uh, bicycle racing for women would really take off. But the next time women raced was in, nine, I'm going to say it, uh, I'll say it twice, <laughs> 1945. Now, 1903 to 1945. <laughs> There's a bit of gap there. And that took uh, a dozen or so w- girls um, and I only found one of these uh, when I was interviewing uh, a fellow that had come back from the war uh, who uh, I had known about because we, we know about the men racing people, but we don't know about these women. These 12, these 12 girls, they raced very successfully. 
Um, already there were lots of racing, well, a number of racing women, particularly around Brunswick. But um, the, the interesting thing I found, for, the, the, here they, 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 did, they did all this, and when their, their blokes came back from Kokoda and all that sort of thing, um, well, what did they do? What did Marge Welsh do? Well, um, she sold a bike and bought a wedding dress, went back into the kitchen, and that was that. <laughs> so it was really intriguing. And then the next time that women got racing in Geelong was about the 1970s. Now, that's a big gap as well. Yeah. That's the time when we had Donna Ray Zelinsky. That's the, 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 the work that I'm doing at the moment, the third volume. I've just finished writing the third volume. Um, but... Um, it, it's really interesting how you have a good idea um, and it's eventually going to happen. Whether you like it or not, it's eventually going to happen, but it takes time to sieve through the society's mind. Yeah. So that was, th- th- those, were, th- those were, were sort of major, <coughs> um, major features for me, I suppose. Uh, and then you look at the detail. Um, so many... Uh, riders uh, would start off, they'd they ride to work, they'd ride to Ford. Ford comes along in the 1920s. Um, everybody obviously rides to Ford or International Harvester. Um, and the, the logical thing to do when you're riding to work is race one another. I mean, that's what you just do. <laughs> still do. <laughs> <coughs> that's right. I'm not sure does that down the trail. Racing for sheep stations. <laughs> So that's how the Geelong Amateur Club was set up, and they, on the commute. <laughs> that's right. So that, they, that that generates all this activity. But then they race for a few years. Then the next thing that happens is they they go to the Palais dance and they meet a girl and they get married, and that's the, really effectively the finish of them. Mm. One of the things that happened in 1952, uh, well, I spoke to the widow of a fellow called Larry Stevenson, and. Um, Larry uh, had ridden, um, started riding in 1926, Chul School. Um, he rode in the 1952 Melbourne, uh, uh, Warnable to Melbourne. And uh, I said to his widow, how come Larry did all that? Oh, well, she said he just, he just, he just did it. I said, what did you do? What did you do? Oh, she said, I'm not relevant in this. Well, <clears throat> what did you do, um, Mrs. Stevenson? Well, I played tennis. Well, and, and so that means that you looked after the kids, yeah. Well, that meant that Larry could then go and continue his cycling. <clears throat> so as soon as you've got people like Larry breaking those sort of bounds, then you get people like Cess Cripps who comes along and says, well, Larry Stevenson, he's not going to be the only old bloke who's going to be riding. Let's set up a vets competition so by the time the 70s come along so a, a whole lot of things are laid down at the end of this time that come out of the war that fire off all this this immense activity that happens in the 1970s the Geelong bike plan Brian Dixon mm. all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff it's just a wildly uh, opening up time it's a it, it and so when I get to the third volume I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm limited to six hundred, seven hundred pages, but you can't go much further than that because the book will fall to bits. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's it, so what you're doing is you're you're running through um, a run of where it all came from, uh, how it established uh, a base from which 
other things, things are going come. to yeah. fire. And it's wonderfully been wonderfully fascinating. Mm. Tell me, Rod, let's think, um, you know, the years after the Depression, um, Geelong, a lot of sports, and cycling is one of them, especially in France and Europe, where you could actually rise above being you know, peasant farmer in France or, you know, a surf or a day labourer somewhere else and make a career. The same thing happened in Geelong. Yep, you're well known. Um, one of the interesting things that happened after the war was when Huben and uh, Patterson came back after winning world championships, um, they had, uh, this is part of the third volume, uh, they had... Um, um, they were so, I mean, world champions. Uh, so the Italians and the Swiss and the Belgians, they all came out to race these guys in their winter. So we had wonderful carnivals in Geelong West uh, and at Nor- and Norwood in South Australia, as well as in Melbourne, um, where you had international, tra- uh, international um, um, competition of the very highest quality, uh, all on the track. Uh, very, very little on the road. So, and, and the road has taken over now. But nobody was making very much money in those days. No, it was there. Just wasn't enough money. There was there wasn't enough. The the, the ethos was to to a to an amateur orientation of things. Um, you had people like Patterson and Mockridge who wouldn't have made very much money at all. They would have had to go into a bike shop, yeah. uh, and that's just every day. Um, well, uh, even the people that came after that, um, Barry... Um, well, there were a few of them yeah, that had to keep uh, working. That's yeah. right, just buy yeah. shops. So there just wasn't the money about. But one of the things that I've become really, really conscious of when doing this work is that people actually work because they want to do other things. And if they want to ride their bike, you're not going to stop them and everything is going to be for, and, and if they want to play cricket, you can't stop them. They, if they want to do, but they they don't really care. Most people don't really care about their work, and why should they? But all they do, all they want to do, is find time to do the things that they want to do, and get on with that. Yeah, but I've got to tell you a wonderful story about a a bloke who worked in the bike industry and um, he had about a 45-minute commute to work Yeah. and then the bike shop that he worked for bought another bike shop and made him manager <laughs> and the commute was now four and a half minutes. Yeah. He lasted a month. Yeah. He said, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not working here. He said, why not? The ride to work's not long enough. I've got to find somewhere else to go. It's a great way to start the day. <laughs> How many velodromes were in uh, Geelong? We had one velodrome, and it's still at Geelong West, and it's one of those things that we'll probably get uh, get the bulldozer across it uh, uh-huh. because we're starting. We're, we've uh, we've got a um, a criterium track uh, down on the Belmont Common now, um, and that looks as though that will take over, and and and, and a velodrome will be put there. Um, the the track around Geelong West was put down in the twenties uh, by a very supportive council, um, and th- that's where those carnivals were on. The carnivals, uh, so effectively, your your question is that there was one velodrome, but that velodrome must have been magnificent. Um, it's it's a, a quarter mile track around the cricket ground. Uh, cricketers hate it. Um, but in the olden days, uh, the, uh, the the local team, the, the local um, club members, um, 
people who we now call tradies, uh, but people who could do everything. Uh, they put up lights and they they they, uh, they did it all. Absolutely, you know, it, yeah. it was all done in in the weekend. So you would have had this ribbon of light around this quarter uh, quarter mile, uh, all quite low, and it, it would have been. We talk about the. Um, the North Essendon board track, because they used to go yep. up the North Essendon board track. Or anybody who was anybody went up there. That must have been a magic place. But this, but Geelong West Velodrome must have been wonderful too, because that drew uh, thousands of people from all over the place constantly through the summertime. Mm. Um, just a wonderful uh, and. You know, you can't. You can keep your fingers crossed till the cows come home. But if the bullroses want to come in, well, they're not going to worry about fingers crossed. <laughs> but, but, so, yeah. Now that other period between the wars, I'm going to make a really rash. Uh, there was probably a little bit of betting going on on oh, the races, bet, bet, all it? the time. <laughs> it's it's sustained so it. The local SP was. It's, it's sustained it. Yeah, that's right. It constantly, I'm I'm constantly right from the right from the very beginning. Um, we'll have a bet on whether they can beat the horse up to the next pub uh, constantly. When the girl uh, won the, um, the sore gift, um, thinking to myself, Jiminy, this stuff's been going on forever. Don't sort of think that, you know, she's got under the radar. Well, I don't know whether she has got under the radar, but, you know, it's constantly, um, th- that's the constancy of it. Uh, the m- money's changing hands all the time. Uh, it's inter- yeah, yeah. It's inter- I mean, Japan after the Second World War, yeah. that was a bit, Kieran Racing well, knows its future now, or is around there because it was a major betting and yeah. excitement that oh. happened after that. Yeah, so it's very, very much at the heart of it that the the, um, the the young amateurs can start off by being squeaky clean. Bear in mind that we've got um, state-run education, which is trying to make us all um, very, very sort of noble little um, fellows. But, as long as you don't get in, you're nice. But, Sorry, but, but, you, but you've got to break the bounds, don't you? <laughs> now, when are we going to slot you in for the next... Uh, Oh, the third volume's coming up in... Uh, as soon as the third volume's coming up, I'll let you know, Val, and no. uh, then, then you're in business. And um, if someone wants to get a hold of... Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it, I've got a website, um, so they can just... Uh, so I, I've got about half a dozen copies still left, um, so just just contact me. We'll Google get, A War of Many Wheels Google and Rod Charles, and I, it comes up pretty That's where close to the top. That's anyway. where <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. I love that word. No, it sums up yeah. bicycle wheels. Yeah. Whirring, it's whirring, good. whirring. Yep. It's good. It is great. Thanks, Al. Uh, no, very good. A couple of things to keep an eye of. Daylight savings finished. Don't be a ninja cyclist. <laughs> Put some lights on. Some lights on. <laughs> I know everybody gets caught every now and then. And uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, it's the open, Great Cemetery Open Day at Faulkner Memorial Park in uh, up in Faulkner. And um, the Squeaky Wheel are running three bicycle tours. It's a huge place, so um, a bike is a brilliant way to have a good explore, get around and look at lots of the different areas. They'll also, the bicycle tours will be finishing at the crematorium just in time for a guided tour of the uh, behind the scenes. And then there's uh, lots of other activities, art installations and some music and that during the course of the day. So the 24th, and if you go to thesqueakywheel.com.au, you can register to go and run those free rides. And a lot of local history and local cemeteries. 
Yes. And uh, and a bit of, you know, the history even uh, captures of Melbourne, like why that cemetery was built and when. No. And, yeah, Wasn't so. Faulkner part of the... Oh, I'm going to be wrong here. <laughs> oh, no, it was... Um, I think it was part of um, a cemetery for railway workers at one stage, but I'm probably wrong about that. No, but it was designed along the Victorian principles. I, I am taking this ride next week. Oh, cool. Over yeah. a, a Victorian railway cemetery. Uh-huh. So there's a special carriage on the train that left Flinders Street for the coffins and then there was first and second class for people attending the funerals. Uh-huh. So that's probably where you got the railway that's connection. That's where I got the railway yeah. connection from. And if you want to connect to the cosmos around you, this Friday <laughs> the 22nd is full moon ride. Catch the train out to Craigieburn, leave Craigieburn <laughs> Station about uh, 15 minutes past 7 and spend a lovely, I think about 40 k's back to Melbourne, riding along the Merry Creek Trail. And while you're looking at that full moon, Jupiter's right next to it as well at the moment. Mm. Good look. Venus in the morning, Jupiter at night. And the very last, uh, City of Yarra funding confidence training for women, run by the squeaky wheel, Pushy Women Yarra. The next session is on May the 8th. So if you'd like to register for that, you can have a look at thesqueakywheel.com.au. It will be held in Richmond. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much to Rod for coming into the show. Uh, 3CR relies on the support of its listeners, so if you can subscribe or make a donation at 3cr.org.au, that would be great. And next up is Dirt Radio. (laughs) You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.